0: let <laughs> West Virginia picks up a dominant win over TCU out there in Morgantown as the Mountaineers dominated from start to finish over the Horn Frogs. Texas Tech, with a fourth-quarter comeback, is able to outlast Baylor 24-23 out there in Lubbock. And, well, top half of the league was off this weekend as the top five teams in the standings uh, were all on by on Saturday in the Big 12 Conference. Welcome in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert will, of course, be recapping those two games um, on today's show as well as previewing this weekend's upcoming three games. Those ones, hopefully, knock on wood, should be a little bit better than those games we had from this past Saturday. Those, of course, will be K-State and Iowa State, Bedlam with Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, and then we've got Kansas and Texas. We'll be talking about those games with Colt Carmody, but first here we'll be talking about uh, the West Virginia game with Chris Anderson from earsports.com. So, should be a lot of fun here on the show today. Uh, we've got two games to digest from this past weekend, three to preview coming up next weekend. We'll also, of course, as we do every single show, we'll be going through our power rankings, kind of giving my reasons um, as to where the teams are ranked um, in the latest 10 of 12 top 10. Obviously, there's no movement at the top, of course, with all those teams on by, but the bottom half does have a tiny bit of movement after this weekend's game games of of play. We'll bring in Chris Anderson here from Ear Sports to talk about that West Virginia game. Chris, how's it going today, man? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh getting right into it here. Uh you got the win over TCU 24 to 6 out there in Morgantown. Um what are your initial key takeaways from that
1: game? Uh I think it was probably the cleanest, uh, most tidy game for West Virginia this year. Uh you know, offense kind of did whatever they wanted. Uh, I know 24 points doesn't sound like a lot, but uh, almost 400 yards offense, averaging almost six yards per play or over six yards per play, 6.2, and just kind of, I guess, mailed it in in the second half once they realized that there was no way that TCU was going to score 20 points. They just kind of just ran the ball, put brought in a bunch of subs and, and coasted to victory and, and uh, amazingly finished in three hours. It's the first three-hour football <laughs> game I think I've covered in, a, in a, quite a long time.
0: Would you say this was more of West Virginia's dominance or, or TCU's, I, I guess failure
1: to capitalize on some of those opportunities they had? Uh, I think it was a, a very favorable matchup for West Virginia. When I looked at it, I, I saw a lot of what TCU had and what they do well and what they don't do well kind of lined up with Kansas State as well. Uh, like when you when you're attacking West Virginia, the way to beat their defense specifically is is to go vertical to 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 go down the field to have a power running game kind of uh, between the tackles with a, with a running back or with your quarterback. And uh, over the course of the year, a lot of their, of TCU's uh, bigger gains. And, and what uh, Max Duggan has done has been to the outside. And, and West Virginia's defense has just kind of proven this year that they're, they're too fast to really trying to get to the edges on them. And I think that shut down TCU early And they didn't really have an answer for that. I think there was just one player. Uh, I believe Miller was—I think it was the last name—running back, Kendry Miller. Uh, he had a couple big runs, but they didn't turn to him much. Only eight, 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 eight carries for him. So it—it it was really just more of a a poor matchup for TCU. Great matchup for West Virginia.
0: You touched on it a little bit earlier, how you know they were well balanced in this game. Deggie only threw it for two hundred and twelve yards, which isn't you know the best for him. But then Brown had one hundred and fifty six rushing yards on the ground. So you know how important is it for this offense to be balanced, like you said.
1: Well, I think we saw it in the Texas game. Um, in that Texas game, Letty Brown, the star running back for West Virginia, ranks top ten nationally in, in basically every rushing category. He got hurt on the first drive, and. West Virginia was able to kind of, and, and none of the backups, none of the backup running backs were able to step in and produce the same way Brown does. So West Virginia got around that by going to the quick passing game to the edges. And that only kind of works, you know, between the 30 yard line. Cause once you get too close to the, to the end zone uh, the defenses can play up. They're going to defend against that. And it can not only stifle that, that type of play, but it can turn into a dangerous kind of uh, turnover and return so once West Virginia got close they couldn't do anything because they couldn't run up the middle they couldn't do those quick passes backup running backs weren't doing anything and that's why West Virginia ended up with five red zone trips actually I think they might have out yarded Texas for the day but and got in the red zone five times and only scored one touchdown I'm glad you brought up that Texas
0: game actually that was something I wanted to talk about as well um, looking at that game, I know the mountaineer fans have maybe been a little upset about the officiating going on um with some of those calls in their games. But uh, you know, looking at kind of this game and maybe the tech game where they lose it by a touchdown, um how how much you know missed opportunities do you think the mountaineers have had? I, I know you mentioned there on you know getting into the red zone and not scoring in that Texas game. I know that Neil Brown probably went for it a few times there. um and if he would have you know hindsight's twenty twenty. Simply went for those field goals. You're probably looking at a win down there in Austin. So uh, you know, I guess my 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 question here is, you know, you're four and three right now. If you're West Virginia in the league, is it oh we're four and three, or is it hey we're four and three? You know, what's kind of the vibe out there in Morgantown?
1: Yeah, it's it's a mixed bag because you look at first, like you said, you know, four and three in the league and five and three overall. If and they're maybe literally two plays away from seven and one and ranked in the top 15 in the country. And you're talking, Holy cow, seven and one control your own destiny. The big 12 title game ranked top 15, one of the best defenses in the country. What are we talking about here? Um, And instead it's five and three. And that's a little, that kind of tempers things, obviously a lot. There's a, a drastic difference between seven and one and five and three, but then you kind of look at it at the progression that, that they've made in year two under Neil Brown. Everyone knew last year was going to be bad because uh, you know, Neil Brown's in his first year, Daniel Hogerson left. And 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 a part of the reason behind that was that the roster was going to be completely depleted, uh, with the graduating class, NFL guys all leaving after that 2018 team. So everybody knew it was going to be bad. Five and seven was actually maybe a little better than what people thought. At least uh, the, the the more sensible people in Morgantown thought. And then but even in that, out of those seven losses, three of them West Virginia was not even competitive. Like it was, it was over almost as soon as the, the first drive happened. Uh, and two other ones were close. Two others they they or two others they kept close to about halftime, and then ended up getting blown out in the second half. So five of the seven, you're talking are three score games in the third and fourth quarter. It is not even you're not even bothering with the game. But this time around, all three losses, two of them by. Uh, a touchdown or less, two of them where West Virginia is driving to take the lead in the fourth quarter and just can't finish. So I think you look at it that way and you think, hey, things are looking
0: up. Last year in Manhattan, we saw um, we saw that uh, K-State fans were unfortunately, uh, you know, there to see West Virginia's, I wouldn't say, you know, breakout game or anything like that. But we saw once Kendall was out and Deggy was in at quarterback, we kind of saw a little bit of a new life for the Mountaineers, and that's kind of carried over um, to this year as well. Um, how how important has Deggy been to this team
1: overall? Uh, he's big. I think he just brings a different dynamic to this offense. You know, statistically, you look at the team as a whole as far as points per game. Um, uh, granted, up until up until a couple of games ago, because recently West Virginia has been scoring a little bit more, but it, it, the difference wasn't that great as far as total total offense or points per game. Once Daggy came in for Kendall, but if you watch the game closely and you watch what Daggy does, Kendall Kendall was Kendall can't make the throws that Daggy can make, and Daggy was making throws to get his receivers open, scrambling to stay open or to to keep the play live in the pocket, and so the 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 difference was drastic. Uh, I think if Kendall's in those games, if Kendall's in that Kansas State game, for instance, I don't think West Virginia wins. Um, I'm not sure. West Virginia wins the TCU game either. I think T- Daigie made a couple plays in those that, that got WVU the win that I don't think Kendall could make.
0: We're going to take a step back again with with Neil Brown. I mean, even this year, you go back to that Oklahoma State game, sure they lost it by you know a couple touchdowns, but correct me if I'm wrong, I think that the Mountaineers had more total yards than the Cowboys. You lose a Texas game by four, you lose a Texas Tech game by seven. So, I mean, you said they could be you know seven and one. I mean, this team could be eight zero right now if just you know just a handful of plays kind of go differently. So, uh, how how would you rank? I guess or, or give Neil Brown a letter grade. Now we're in the middle of November of his second season. Of course, you know these are unprecedented times, no doubt about that. But how would you give him a grade um, as as to how he's done in his first year and a half in Morgantown?
1: I think it's it's been a minus B plus. Uh, maybe I actually I tend trend toward a minus. Uh, in part because you see the product that he's putting on the field, you see them making the progress. Uh, like I said, from a team last year that everybody was expecting four and eight, three and nine. I mean, it, it it was things did not look good for that team last year, and instead they go five and seven with a couple late wins this year. Who knows? Maybe five and five, and it, it might still end up being five and five. But uh, you know, extenuating circumstances in close games team looks better it's getting better the roster is getting better uh they've been finding ways to kind of build that depth and build up the talent and i'd given the edge from b plus to a minus and uh, because of his recruiting uh the first full class that he had the 2020 class the one that arrived in you know january between january and july depending on if they're early enrollees or not that was the highest rated class in west virginia history uh, since they started doing internet rankings in Hmm. 2000 and then this year's recruiting class, 2021, is a full point higher. So he's he's adding more talent in these last two classes than West Virginia has ever had. So I think that gives him a little bump and, and has to have Mountaineer fans excited about the future. Going to put you on the spot
0: here. Um, with regards to the second-year head coaches now in the Big 12, Chris Kleiman, Les Miles, Matt Wells and Neil Brown um, rank them one through four. Who's done the best? Who's done the worst? I think we can all agree that, that miles is probably down there at four, but uh, <laughs> you know, tech is, you know, I don't think Texas techs had much success there at number three, but who, who's been better in your opinion, climbing or, uh,
1: or, or Brown. See, I would, I would say that Kansas state, I, I don't know the complete ins and outs of all their roster, but I felt like they weren't going to be very good this year. I believe I had them ranked ninth going in to this season. So to see what he's doing, you know, did last year and has done so far this year. I think really speaks volumes about his his prowess as a head coach. So, as of right now, as of November sixteenth, of you know, eight games into there's both teams second or both coaches second season. I might have to give the the, the slight edge to Climon, but like I said, I, I I like where Neil Brown is going. I like what's happening here, and. You know, I think maybe you look at in the next year. I think West Virginia is in a little spot, a little better spot to succeed next year than maybe Kansas State is.
0: K State's got three games coming up: Baylor, Texas, and Iowa State. I don't see them winning more than one of those games. Um, I mean, I don't think West Virginia is probably going to beat Oklahoma or Iowa State personally, but if they do, and K State can only win one of those games, I think you've got a real, um, you know, legitimate argument for the Mountaineers and, and, and Neil Brown becoming. Kind of that that coach that hire of the year. If you're going back a, a year before, that was really one um, that 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 looked really good. If you're West Virginia, um, looking forward here, like I said, Oklahoma, Iowa State left on the schedule, but before that, you've got a bye week. If you're West Virginia, what are you?
1: I guess trying to you know tweak and get your ins and outs fixed um, during this off week. Really, it's just about getting healthy. West Virginia just finished five games in five weeks. The only team in the Big Twelve that's having to do that that this year, and Neil Brown said, you know, before the TCU game that, that he could tell, that he he could tell from his team and the way they were kind of limping towards the finish there. Uh, you know, Letty Brown, like I said, got hurt in the Texas game. He didn't practice at all leading up to TCU. Now, uh, Granted, he ended up with over 150 yards rushing, but he said he was still banged up after the game. He wasn't 100%. So I think, you know, he needs to get healthy. Some other guys need to take 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 some time, get a breath, get recouped, hit the training room. And then kind of get back to it on 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 Sunday or Monday and get ready for Oklahoma because I think if you try to if you try to go into Oklahoma and Iowa State for those final two games after that five game stretch you just went through, it's not going to end well for you. Mm-hmm.
0: we'll just take a step back and look at the Big Twelve as a whole. Um, where would you rank the Mountaineers right now um, in the league? Do you think they're up above Texas or K State or Iowa State? You know, one of those teams that are kind of lukewarm out there and you know competing for a top spot in the league.
1: I think for for this year and specifically, or are you talking in general? Uh, just this year. Okay, this year I think I got West Virginia sixth in my I do like actually accomplished rankings and look what they've done so far this year. And I think mm-hmm. I had them. I have them. Um, no, I have them fifth, right ahead of Kansas State and TCU. I was you know I gave them the the slightest of edge over Kansas State because they beat Kansas State because um, I had yeah. I think heading into this past week, I had West Virginia, Kansas State, TCU kind of in that same little tier there mm-hmm. of five, six, seven, 6, 7, and then you know, West Virginia beat both of those teams. So I have given them the edge up to number five right now.
0: What's been the biggest surprise to you around the Big 12? A team like Oklahoma, you know, loses a couple games early on. Um, Iowa State's, you know, still, still very much in the thick of things. Um, you know, K-State, like we said, they've shocked a lot of people. Baylor's been you know, pretty bad to say the least. So what's been the biggest surprise to you so far?
1: Um I don't know. The the Oklahoma the two early Oklahoma losses, I, I mean, again, Iowa State and Kansas State are both solid teams, so it wasn't that stunning. Uh but Iowa State, again, they're they're what, five and two overall, five one, tops leading the big twelve standings right now, ranked in top twenty. Man, I was uh I was one of the voters who had them number two, I think, in my preseason poll. I had Brock Purdy as my preseason Big Twelve player of the year. I had I don't know, I feel like eight Iowa State players on my all Big Twelve team. I, I, I don't that might be a little high, but I was I was all in on Iowa State before this year. And again, they're number seventeen. They're five and two. They're inside track to the Big Twelve championship game. But for some reason I feel still disappointed in in what they've shown so far this year. I don't know if that's just because I I thought too highly of them before the year or had unrealistic expectations or what, but um, I was really thinking that they were this kind of dark horse to be a not only Big 12 contender, but maybe even a playoff kind of team. Talking about the Big 12 championship,
0: who um, at this point in time, who do you think are the two frontrunners to make it down there to Dallas?
1: Well, I think Oklahoma State uh, is a big one. Um, I mean, Oklahoma State and Iowa State lead, lead right there. But I have a hard time I, – I went through this the other day because somebody was asking me if there's still any way that West Virginia could get in. And the answer is yes, but it would take a lot because the, the thing is those two, those two teams at the top, Iowa State and Oklahoma State, hold a lot of tiebreakers over the teams that are behind them. Um, you know, in West Virginia scenarios, the scenarios I was trying to figure out, it ends up with a big group of everybody basically finishing six and three. And that would put you do all that you go through the steps and, and West Virginia loses because the Oklahoma state game or the Texas game. So I think if I were to pick it, I think Iowa state's good. I think they're, they're in, um, Trying to think, who else? they got. I know they obviously have West Virginia. Who else? Do they got Kansas State and Texas. Iowa State has got a game down there in Austin coming up in a few weeks. So yeah, that's a tough one too. I'm oh, um, in. <laughs> it's tough. <laughs> it, yeah, as I was gonna say, if I had to pick it right now, I would probably lean towards. Well, I guess I basically, basically, I think you're you got to pick two two games, and you're saying the winner of Iowa State Texas and the winner of Oklahoma Oklahoma State. And if you're putting me on the spot to pick those two games god i would hate, hate to be that guy that says we're just going to circle back around and come up with oklahoma and texas again but
0: that's what the big 12 uh, wants come on man <laughs> yeah
1: I, I don't know it, that that's tough that is tough i i like the oklahoma maybe oklahoma over oklahoma state here that that oklahoma state defense i think could really rattle um uh spencer Eller, but uh yeah, put me on the spot. I'm going to go Oklahoma and Texas. I hate to say it. I really do. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I did the calculations probably
0: last week, um, and I, I looked at it. I was like, wait, did I really just pick Texas to go, go to the Big 12 championship game? And I, as much as I hate to say it, and, and deep down in my heart, I don't believe they will be there. But when you look at the upcoming games, I think that, like you said, Texas beats Iowa State, and then uh, with Bedlam, Oklahoma picks up a win there. So I'm with you. I think Texas and Oklahoma somehow, someway, after two early losses in league play, are going to get it done. The Big 12 um, certainly is going to be happy about that one. Um, Last thing I got for you, though, here, Chris, uh, like I said, you got a game against Oklahoma and Iowa State here to finish out the season. I said I don't see them winning either of those games. Do you disagree with me? Do you think they have a chance to win one or even both those games um, coming up here at the end of the season?
1: Um, If the locations were both were reversed – like if it were, I think Oklahoma is going to be tough because S- Spencer Rettler, I think in that offense you get going and, and the running backs, they got churning out back there, just kind of chunking away yards. They run the type of defense that I think can really cause West Virginia problems. I think they, they get vertical, they spread you and run up the middle. That's the kind of stuff that can really hurt West Virginia and, and especially with a mobile quarterback. So I think, that is a team that's going to be hard to stop, especially because I feel like they've hit their stride now and and they're moving in the right direction. But Iowa State, after watching them again, I was so high on them. I was I, I I really thought they could contend and and they're still contending, but I really thought they would be you know top ten in the country. And they look a little more susceptible to me. They look like something a team that West Virginia might be able to beat. And if they can catch them on a on a bad day, in Again, if it weren't in Ames, I I think I'd pick West Virginia. But the fact that it's in Ames, even if it's not full capacity for fans or anything, just the travel and the familiarity there for home for Iowa State, I, I might give them the slightest of edge. But I'd pick that one as a, a potential one and one. You know, I, I think before the year, I picked a team to go six and four, and so far, all the games I picked have lined up except for the Texas Tech one. That was one I picked as a win that ended up with a loss, and I I had these last two games as as losses before the year. All right, well,
0: there you have it, Chris Anderson from EarSports. Chris, thank you so much for taking time with me. I really do appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on.
0: That, of course, was Chris Anderson from EarSports.com. Be sure to go check him out and everything they do over there. If you're a West Virginia fan, if you're a Big 12 fan and you want to know anything about the Mountaineers, be sure to go check them out. Um, They're the 24-7 sports affiliate of GoPowerCat.com, so anything you need West Virginia-related, head over there, EarSports.com, Chris Anderson and his squad do a great job that'll wrap things up here though for the first half of the podcast second half coming up your way we'll be talking about um these upcoming games that we have on saturday in the big 12 should be a lot of fun also be talking about our power rankings kind of giving my reasons as to why i have the teams ranked where they are cole carmody he's the host of cole's corner podcast we will be hopping on the show with us so stay tuned be right back here after a quick break on the 10 of 12 podcast Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back in here to the 10 of 12 podcast. I am your host, Ryan Gilbert. Second half of the show coming your way. Cole Carmody from Cole's Corner Podcast joins the show. We've got three games coming up on Saturday to talk about. Uh, Two of these three games are a lot of, they're going to be a lot of fun. No doubt about that. These are um, two quality, or I guess four quality teams within these two games, of course, that being Bedlam with Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Game day will be out there in Norman, should be quite the showdown for, uh, essentially, I don't know the ins and outs of, of of the tiebreakers and stuff at the top of the league, but essentially a battle for first place out first place out there uh, in, in the Sooner State, and of course we've got K-State and Iowa State up there in Ames. 3 o'clock on Fox as the Wildcats will take on the Cyclones. And then you've got Texas, who almost you know, lost to Kansas last year. So I know most people are going to be saying, hey, this game's a gimme for the Longhorns. Shouldn't be close. I, I'm not going to rule out Kansas you know, too early um, in this game. I know, obviously, the Longhorns are the better team. They're playing for something. But Kansas will probably give them at least a fight. We'll talk about all three of these games here um, on the second half of the show as well as briefly brush over our power rankings. We have a little bit of movement down there at the bottom, but we're bringing Cole Carmody here today. Uh, Cole, how's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Good to have you. A lot of fun you.
2: games to look forward to, oh, no yeah. doubt.
0: We've got, I mean, honestly, the second half of the show is usually, hey, we talk about the game, talk about the spread, we move on and get on with my day, right? No, these are two very good games that we've got, um, you know, really here in the Big 12. Um, and we'll obviously start it off with, with, I think we'll start it off with Bedlam. I know K-State fans want to hear about that game against Iowa State, but this is... Um, I would say coming into the year, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, I mean, can you think of a better game? I mean, you know, maybe Oklahoma-Texas just because it is yeah. a, a good rivalry, but this will be a lot of fun. Uh, 630 on ABC, you know, Oklahoma, is, 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 uh, their stock is quickly rising in the Big 12. I, I don't think that there's anyone doubting that after their, you know, two losses early on in league play. They've looked really, really, really solid. They've got a bye week. But hey, so does Oklahoma State. These, I mean, like I said in the in the first half of the pod here, top half of the league is all on bye last week, so it's kind of a level playing field for for K State, Iowa State, and Oklahoma Oklahoma State as well. I think Oklahoma State's um, struggles have been a little more prevalent in the last couple of weeks. I, I know they struggled against West Virginia, like we talked about with Chris. They struggled, you know, against Texas, and, and of course they lost that game. But even the K State game, only won it by two points. They've had their scares this season. Cole, do you think that, that Oklahoma State continues to kind of struggle and, and turn the ball over and kind of rely on, you know, I'm not saying Spencer Rattler's going to have a is it a fumble six when <laughs> you turn the ball over and they run it back for six, but Will Howard did? I'm not saying that's going to happen, but do you think Oklahoma continues to struggle, or do you think that maybe Oklahoma, uh, I guess Oklahoma State, pardon me, do you think that the Sooners would rather Maybe maybe they struggle and come back down to earth after some some quality games in in, in the second half of the league.
2: Well, you know it's it's so hard to to look at this game and really say one way or another who was going to come out on top because both of these teams, let's face it, Oklahoma had was extremely inconsistent to start the season. I feel like people kind of forgot about them. You know they kind of went to sleep on the Sooners and then all of a sudden you look up mm-hmm. and they're four and two in conference play. They're number eighteen in the country. And they're playing with a very legitimate chance to make the Big 12 Championship Game, but I do think it's important to remember that uh, I'm going to assume that Tylen Wallace will play in this game because That's big, yeah, That's he big. was you know ruled out last minute against Kansas State. He warms up and then he doesn't play. So if he plays in this game, assuming Chuba Hubbard is healthy as well. I gotta be honest. I really like Oklahoma State in this game. Hmm. I think they have playmakers on offense. Not saying that Oklahoma doesn't, but I just think that I just think that this is Oklahoma State's time to really I don't know if you'd say shock the world, but I think maybe shock the Big Twelve Conference at this point.
0: I, I don't know if it's necessarily a shock. I'm high on Oklahoma here. I think the Sooners will get it done um, at the end of the day. But you know, Oklahoma State is pretty much the unanimous number one team if most people you'd ask I know that you know Chris is very high on on Iowa State you appear to be you know I mean Oklahoma it's not necessarily going to be too much of a shock Uh, the Sooners right now are a seven point um favorite we're recording this on the Monday so that of course can change I think it was about a nine or ten point spread so it's actually shifted in in favor of Oklahoma State uh, just by a a hair or two so the public's kind of with you Cole um I don't think it's necessary. I mean, I think Tyler Wallace has to play if, if if the Cowboys want a chance. If he doesn't play, if he doesn't suit up, well, I, I think he'll suit up because we saw him, you know, they kept showing him on the sideline in Manhattan. <laughs> it was like he just wanted to go and play and they weren't letting him, obviously, but he was eager, he was anxious. I think that he's going to make some big plays if he's in there. Um, obviously, when you talk about Oklahoma, that, it's definitely a team where their offense is the, um, the bright spot of the team, but the center defense isn't too bad, so I'm, I'm actually kind of intrigued by that matchup and and how they'll go up against each other but but defense if we're going to talk about defense let's be fair here oklahoma state has the best defense in the big 12 i don't know if there's much disputing that you know maybe k-state's defense if they had a better offense who knows how you know much weight would be taken off of you know that that group of guys shoulders west virginia's defense is, is fine as well but oklahoma state's it's second to none in my mind um right now in the season so who do you think is going to really pro- I guess you kind of answered it already but um just with the matchups here you've got a really good Oklahoma State defense who's probably better than their offense you've got a really good um Oklahoma offense who's probably better than their defense right so um what plays need to be made Cole I know you like you, you just did a podcast with our own Ryan Wallace from Go Powercat Um, You you played football. You know the X's and O's, the ins and outs, the schematics, probably a hell of a lot better than I do. Let's be real. So what needs to happen for Oklahoma State, for Oklahoma, to win this game?
2: I think if you're Oklahoma, I mean, obviously you got to score points, right? you look at their last few games, 62 points against KU and 62 points against Texas Tech, and then if you want to throw in, 33 against TCU and 53 against Texas. So just by looking at the statistics, the 46.1 points a game jumps out at you. But really, I think when you, when you kind of take more of a deeper dive into it, well, how are they getting those points? It's From big plays, from dynamic plays, from chunk plays. If you're Oklahoma State, you have to minimize those. Mm-hmm. It sounds obvious enough, but... If you can limit those chunk plays, those big plays, not only are you going to have a better chance at stopping them, you're going to have a better chance at winning the field position battle. And it would not surprise me if this game is 27 21 or if it's 21 17. I think that every time we think that there's going to be a shootout, you know, in most cases it doesn't happen. You can, I mean, even for instance, the Texas game, I mean, that 53 mm-hmm. 45 four overtimes it was 20s when it went into the first overtime so I think if you're Oklahoma State Mm -hmm. on the defensive side of the football you have to minimize the chunk plays now flipping the script if you're Oklahoma and you're on offense obviously you want to get those chunk plays but I still think you have to keep the ball out of Spencer Sanders hands because They are so dynamic, and I think the argument can be made that if Spencer Sanders is playing his A game and Spencer Rattler is playing his B game, Spencer Sanders might be a little bit better. That's to be seen, and that's a debate for another day. But I don't think that this Cowboys offense is that far away from being at the level of this Sooners offense. You mentioned Oklahoma State's defense. I do think Oklahoma State's defense takes the edge in that department.
0: I would love to fall in love with this Oklahoma State team. I really would because of of what we've seen, you know, their potential is really there's a lot of upside to that team. They've got probably the best wideout in the league, Tylen Wallace, probably the best running back in the league, and Chuba Hubbard, right? I think Spencer Sanders has really been the issue for the Cowboys and not to be rude or harsh, you know, on the young guy cuz he is a young quarterback, but he's made some some dumb plays. We saw it here in Manhattan, he, you know, a couple throws that you're just not supposed to make. Um I think it was 6 to 0, 5 to 0 in the turnover margin against Texas and you know, some of them, those were just freak plays. So I don't necessarily, you know, think that I personally don't think Sanders is going to make those plays again, but also he did make those mistakes, okay? Was it a lack of preparation? Was it, you know, a lack of, you know, mental readiness, physical readiness, you know, not being ready for the snap? You know, that's a simple, um, you know, talking with your center, hey, we're, you know, this is going to be a hard count here, things of that nature. You know, there's so many things that I think that, Sanders has done wrong this season and he's got so much raw talent that and I don't I want to be fair here you know Sanders had his injury that missed you know sidelined him for over a month of the season I think it was only 3 or 4 games in, in in real time because of the cancellation and the bye week they had um early on but you know overall I think it's on Sanders I think you get Wallace opportunities he's going to make those plays you give the ball to Chuba Hubbard he's going to make those plays up until the point where if the defense starts, you know, putting, you know, filling the box up, then, then, then sure, he's probably not going to make those plays. So guess what? You've got the opportunity right there for Spencer Sanders. So in theory, I think it sounds great that, that, that Oklahoma State gets things, you know, finally uh, fixed this game. But I just don't see it. I think Oklahoma is really, really riding a train right now that I don't see them getting off of. Um, at least this weekend, I would eh. I think Oklahoma is gonna run the table, but I wouldn't be shocked if there's a game or two where they're you know, down to the wire. So uh, I don't think this one is the game though. I think Oklahoma gets it done by more than seven points covers the spread. Of course, we're recording this um, Monday, so that is subject to change depending on, you know when you're listening to this call. I'm curious. Um, seven point spread, who covers?
2: I think Oklahoma will cover, you know, I was just sitting here talking about Oklahoma State the whole entire time. (laughs) I do think this game, being in Norman, um, does help the Sooners. Um, I think Oklahoma will win, but again, it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, this is a four-point game. I uh, I, I think they'll cover, like I said, but I... I think it's going to be close. I, it wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me if you know this is a again this is this game is 21 to 21 in the middle of the fourth quarter and Spencer Sanders makes a mistake and then yeah. the Cowboys go three and out and the Sooners score kick field goal score another touchdown and yeah. it looks a, maybe a little bit wider than it is but do not rule out the possibility of Oklahoma State. Winning this football game.
0: Yeah, I could see, I could see it both ways. But like you said, man, it could be you know close throughout, and then Sanders just you know makes one of those plays, and then boom, Oklahoma's off and running with it. But I don't know the over under, but I even if it's seventy some points, I'm picking the over. Um, Oklahoma's offense, we know what they do with the home run balls, like we talked about. You know, Oklahoma State needs to to limit those, but they don't. I mean, that's a high powered offense, and you know, Oklahoma State's like you know like they like to go no huddle and and snap the ball with thirty seconds, so. I'm certainly a fan of the over, um, and, and honestly, if it shifts over to you know seven and a half points, you might want to you know pick the Cowboys just because you've got that half a point there to you know cushion you if it is a touchdown ball game. And if it's six and a half, then you ride with Oklahoma because a, a touchdown ball game would, would favor the Sooners. So keep an eye on that line. I'm still comfortable with with Oklahoma. Um, I don't think that's really going to change, but I would um, I, w- I would keep an eye on this one as it is moving. Um, but there you have it. Me and Cole, we both like Oklahoma, um, which means you should probably pick Oklahoma State because it feels, I feel like I'm always wrong with these. <laughs> um, but we'll move on here to K-State and Iowa State. Um, like I said earlier, 3 o'clock on Fox. We'll have Brando yet again. That's what I was going to ask. <sighs> you know what? It, it's, he's, he's doing his best, and he's, he's, uh, he's providing commentary when his microphone is on. I he know was, it's not always on.
2: He he's stayed on. up late. I don't know if you caught this. Um, Washington State and Oregon's, or Washington and Oregon State. Uh, yeah. Pac-12 after dark, was ten Oregon, o'clock Washington kickoff. Oregon Washington State. Yeah. Oregon Washington yeah. State. Yeah. He was on the call for that game. Uh-huh. And so I got to go to sleep to Tim Brando on Saturday. Oh, wow, night.
0: that's just. I mean, you probably had some sweet dreams, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll have Brando. I, I feel like this is what the fourth or fifth game. Feels like we had him at TCU. Then um, we had him at Oklahoma State, but with Iowa State here. I don't know how many times they've they've had Brando. What is our record with with Brando? I don't know.
2: 1 and 1? No, yeah, we've had more games than I swear, it's Two and every one? game.
0: I don't know. Uh, we'll see if K-State can can get back on the winning track with with Brando behind the mic. Um, first initial thoughts ab- about this game coming up on Saturday as as we stop talking about Brando.
2: I I'm, I'm a little nervous uh, for K-State. Um I like you mentioned I did a podcast with Ryan Wallace earlier and earlier in the week Chris Kleiman had said that the number of players available for this game might be in question. So we're sitting here on Monday evening recording this. There's a chance this game might not get played. Mm -hmm. Now, from everything that I can tell within the program, I think K-State will play because they were up to this same situation against Oklahoma, and they ended up getting a win. So who knows what's going to happen. But as far as the X's and O's go, obviously anytime you have a freshman quarterback going on the road, it's going to be difficult. I mean, Iowa State fans know when Brock Purdy's freshman year... It was the same thing. Obviously, Brock Purdy was a little bit, bit more highly recruited than Will Howard was, but it still holds true. For K-State, how do you win this game? I think you have to run the football and play good defense. That's, that's been the secret. When K-State has won games, that's what they've done well. If they can do that again, they're going to give themselves a shot. Now, I still think K-State has a very good chance to win this game, and we'll talk about it more here in a second, but just on the surface, it's an interesting matchup for, for the Wildcats.
0: You bring up a good point. K-State wants to play this game. That's something we've talked about repeatedly here at Go Power Cat. They want to play. I don't know what the number is of, of the the threshold that needs to be met. If they can't play, you know, per NCAA or per Big 12 rules, it's obviously not going to happen. They're not going to, you know, break any rules in that regard, but they want to play. They're not going to make any excuses. They're not going to back down. And like you mentioned with Oklahoma, they had half their team out, it felt like, and they somehow won that game. So. They don't want to postpone anything. They want to play. They want to get their football in. And, you know, tip of the cap to Chris Kleiman for for wanting to play these games. You know, last weekend we had um, over half of the SEC's games get postponed. And the Big 12, other than than TCU and Baylor, um, have have been very clean with COVID. I know Oklahoma State lost a game with Baylor, but that's because it was Baylor, right? Oklahoma Mm -hmm. State's been fine. So, you know, um, overall, I, I give Kleiman a lot of credit they want to play this game. However, I'm not confident that they can can really, you know, win this game. With what Wallace talked about on, on your podcast, dude, you know, it's not, and this is something I've talked about pretty much every week on my podcast, it's not a tough code to crack, okay? Deuce Vaughn, you stop him. Even if Bradley Moore plays or doesn't play, like I said, you know, this is Monday. We don't know if he'll be active. Um, you stop. Put Moore aside. You stop Vaughn. Put Bradley Moore aside, you stop Deuce fine. you're going to win if you're an opponent, unless you're KU, obviously, and, and you're just that bad of a team. But uh, you've got a freshman quarterback, right? You've got an offensive line that's young and and doesn't do terrible, but doesn't do anything up to Big 12 standards, let's say, right? And you've got a wide receiver core that is, you know, goes without saying that they're struggling this season. So it's a bad offense overall. I'm not trying to put blame on one specific group or person, but... You stop Deuce Vaughn, and I don't see how K-State has a chance to win this game. And and going off of Deuce Vaughn, um, you stop k State special teams. You don't give up the home run ball. Um, And we saw this against West Virginia. I think this is a very similar game with that Mountaineer game that that K-State had, what, three weeks back, right? Neil Brown did a great job of stopping Vaughn, made sure they didn't give up the home run ball. And what was it, 40-something to 10 or 17? I don't know. K-State got blown out. They were never in the game. And and obviously in real time, you know, it was probably a little bit after halftime where you said, yeah, K-State's not going to win that game. But if you, I mean, go back and watch, K-State was never in that football game against West Virginia. So uh, that's what I fear most is that K-State just is kind of forced to play football without the home run plays and without, you know, Deuce Fawn showing us his acrobatic skills I think the Wildcats struggle. I, I hate to say that. I certainly hope I'm wrong, but it's, a, it's an 11-point spread as of this moment. And I unfortunately um, am a fan of the Cyclones covering here. Cole, do you, do you agree do you disagree?
2: I, I disagree. I think that anytime it seems K-State plays Iowa State, something crazy happens, right? They don't call it farm again for no reason. And Is it a rivalry? Oh 100%. Okay. I 100%. Okay, we've been talking about that at GPC,
0: so you've got
2: plus 1 for the yes. Maybe it's just a Twitter rivalry. I don't know, but <laughs> I think it's I think it's a rivalry. I think that this game, you know, I, I said run the football and play defense and I'm sorry, but Brock Purdy at quarterback for Iowa State, he has been less than admirable. I it's guess Brock-tober,
0: you could say. It's not Brocktober. So you're right. Yeah, I don't know what it's, it, it it's would be. Bro, bro November? Yeah, exactly. I, I, His I time just, is done.
2: I think he struggles in this game. I really do k State really got to him last year in that game in Manhattan. I think this defense is astronomically better than the defense was last year um mm-hmm. i think if I think if k State scores twenty four points that they can win this game. I mean the yeah. first half of the the first half against Baylor last Saturday, Iowa State struggled mightily, and we saw a Baylor team that completely lost it against Texas Tech on Saturday. I just. I think Iowa State is a little bit overrated at number 17 in the country. Um, I think K State's just as good as them, talent-wise. Especially if you have Skyler, quarter- Skyler Thompson would be playing quarterback. I think that the Cats definitely uh, they they probably win this game. Um, I'm ta- I like K State to cover the spread. I don't think it's going to be an 11 point game. Um, I think K State can win this game. I'm probably not going to pick them to win the game, but if it's close in the fourth quarter, K State will win this game. There is no doubt in my mind about that. And if the Cats win this game, looking on down the road, I think there's a good chance that they end up in the Big 12 championship game.
0: Ooh, there you go. Hot take here from, from Mr. Cole. Uh, you go back to Oklahoma State, how we were talking about that team's struggles and how inconsistent they've been. Um, and, and you almost feel like they're, they're close to getting over the hump and being an elite team in the conference, but they're just not there. So I'll agree. I think Iowa State's kind of in the same boat. There's a lot of hype coming into the season. Matt Campbell is is somehow um, touted as a, a an elite coach, which which doesn't make you know any sense. But the, the potential it feels like it's there. But Like you talked about, you know they struggled against Baylor. The, you know the game before that I believe was Kansas. They struggled in that one as well. So that's a team that has shown their weaknesses. And I'm with you. If K State can hang around, I think they've got a good chance. I think you 24 points if. That's certainly, uh, you know, if K-State's offense can score them 24, I like their chances to, to actually win that game. But getting to 24 points is obviously the, the issue. If you ask me, can Deuce Vaughn give you a home run ball? Sure. Can special teams get you one of those plays? The defense, sure, I, that can happen. But I, I, I'm very concerned um, about the offense scoring that many points. I hate to say it, but I really am. I think the defense can certainly hold them to, you know, 24 points or less. Um But the offense is is the level of concern for me. Uh, Let's not forget that, you know, basically the last time K-State went to to Ames, that was, you know, the the coffin, the nail in Bill Snyder's coffin. So, uh, you know, we've got, a a, wouldn't say a majority, but a good number of these players remember that. And I know they love Coach Snyder, and and that was not the way they wanted to go out. Um, K-State was was looking like it 100% going to be playing for a bowl game, and that just kind of vanished there. Um, I don't remember what the – it was probably a two-touchdown lead or so in the mm-hmm. fourth that, that K-State ended up blowing. So I think they're going to come out firing. I, I do see the reasons to believe in K-State in this game. Um, but it, with with regards to COVID, K-State's banged up. And, you know, Bradley Moore is a difference maker, but with or without him, I, I think with him it'll, it'll make it a little bit closer. But without him, you know, K-State doesn't stand um, – I don't think too much of a chance in this game. It is very tempting. You bring up some really good points, man, that, that K-State's got a good chance to cover the spread. But, I mean, let's be real here. You wouldn't call me crazy if I, if, 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 if I were to tell you that, you know, after this game on Saturday that K-State went out and lost it by four touchdowns, right? Because, you, you sure, maybe after West Virginia, that's cr- there's no way that happened. That's crazy. But now we've seen it can happen. You know, football is a long game, you know. Uh, it, it only takes one or two possessions for things to just completely change in a game. So at the end of the day, I do like Iowa State here to win. I do like Iowa State to cover, but I'm not too comfortable with it. You know, Every every bet I make, I'm not 100% comfortable with. This is one of them. Um, yeah, final thoughts here. I know we could talk about K-State pretty much all day long um, like we've been doing for years, man. But what's your final you know, takeaways I'm heading into Saturday?
2: I think the weather plays a big role in it, too, too. Um, It's uh, sunny and 75 degrees out here in Manhattan, (laughs) you know, the the rest of the week. Is it going to be like that in Ames? You know, weather can flip on a dime up there. Mm -hmm. uh, And as crazy as it sounds, I mean, they're playing on natural grass. And I think that's something that people tend to forget. Weather has a huge impact when it's a grass field compared to when it's a turf field. So if it's any type of cold, any type of rain, it's going to favor the defense. So, regarding, you know, the over and under, the over under, excuse me, again, I, I'm not exactly 100% sure what it is. I, I, either way, I want to take the under in this game just because I don't think there's going to be very many points scored. Yeah. And when there's not very many points scored, I think history tells us that favors Kansas State.
0: Well, we'll see if you're right. We'll see if I'm right. We've got a little bit. I think the under is, uh, you know, both teams, especially Kansas State, man, with the way, you know, we've talked about it here, they're going to want to control that clock. I mean, it goes without saying, right, that they're going to want to run the football, you know, do the old, you know, slants, um, screen passes, you know, things to keep the ball in their hands, not pick up those home run plates, which of course would favor uh, betting the under. So, Cole, you let K-State, I unfortunately am on Iowa State here. Uh, as we move into the last game, this will be pretty quick, I don't know if there's much to say about KU in Texas, um, currently, what, 29.5 points for the Longhorns, which is a lot of points i always like to bring up that when you bet on a you know game like this texas can easily be up by 35 40 points and then boom KU you know garbage time goes out and scores a touchdown so it's always iffy but i i I like kansas in this game it's in lawrence um we love to talk about go power cat here you you know when 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 cold weather teams are hosting um, warm weather teams they don't like it it doesn't fit well with them especially, you know, with a team like Texas, okay, these guys are all, for the most part, from, from the South, right? They're getting these big-time recruits where it's so rich and, you know, all those targets and, and prospects they're getting. So certainly that's a plus that's a plus one for Kansas, right? A, a, you know, a cold-weather team hosting a warm-weather team. I talked about it, how last year it took a, a last-second kick from Dicker the Kicker for the Longhorns to beat Kansas, right? It, it, I, I, yes, I just said that it took Texas last year a last-second kick to beat Kansas in Austin. So obviously, I think Texas is going to win this game, sure. But I think KU keeps it somewhat close and is is going to cover that 29 and a half point spread. Think about it. What is that? That's going to be 42 to what? 14? Is that 28? Right? I'm not good at math. I think it's 28. That could still happen, and and KU's still going to cover that spread. So as much as obviously Texas is going to get out of Lawrence with a win and and keep their Big 12 title hopes alive but KU's going to hang around they're going to make it somewhat of a ball game they've literally got nothing to lose out there in Lawrence what say you Cole
2: I think you're right but you're wrong because this this Kansas team is much worse than the Kansas team last year I think we can both agree on that one this yeah. Kansas yeah. team had no chance has had no chance against any single team that they've played There's no chance. There is not one moment. They were hanging around a little bit with Iowa State, but for the most part. For the most part, there's I mean, into the second half, no. I mean you can look at even, you know, Coastal Carolina. I watched that game and there's (laughs) you didn't think at any point that they were gonna win that game, right? You didn't. I just I just don't see I mean, if there's one game I think Kansas can, can maybe maybe, maybe win. I'm looking at next week at home against TCU, senior night. It's a night game crazier things have happened right happened last year against texas tech they come out with a conference win i just and it's not so much i'm not a very big believer in texas quite honestly i just think that this kansas team is historically bad this might be one of the worst division one power five college (laughs) football teams in history and i think that's a debate that you can seriously make i think texas covers and i just kansas they can't score and when you can't score it's hard to win and it makes it even worse when you can't stop anybody. And recently, that's been the trend for the Jayhawks.
0: Yeah. K, I mean, KU's defense isn't terrible. Like, I was watching them against West Virginia. They were making some plays. It's just the offense. I like Daniels at quarterback, I like his potential, but, you know, the offensive line gives him half a second before he's got pressure and, and goes down or rolls out and throws it away. Um, so, you know, make no mistake about it. There is no home field advantage here. KU's, you know, they're playing in an old high school stadium, it feels like. And, there's probably not going to be any fans. You know, there is no home field advantage other than the weather. And I don't know what it is going to be on Saturday, but if it's, you know, sub 50, sub 40 degrees, I think that does favor Kansas. And, you know, maybe that even causes, you know, Dicker to miss a kick for Texas or, you know, something crazy to happen. I'm not saying KU is going to win this game, but I'm going to disagree with you. Kansas is going to cover, like I said, it could be 28 points, but it's still a win is a win uh, if you cover that spread. So, uh, I mean, I don't know if, if there's much else to say about this game. I pretty much like to brush over, you know, these uh, these KU games, but if you've got anything else, please go ahead. And, uh, you know, Tech, I mean, do you think Texas has a chance to make it to, you know, to Dallas? I mean, they have, let's, let me rephrase that. They have a chance. Do you think that they will?
2: No, I don't. I think, um, I still think it's going to be hard for Texas to come into Manhattan on December 5th and, and get out of there with a win. Um, and K-State K, K State could easily lose these next two games, right? They they dropped their game against Iowa State, and then if they lose against Baylor, I still think there's a chance that they can beat Texas at home. And I don't think that's as much about K-State as it is about Texas. I think Texas, again, is kind of like Iowa State, maybe a little bit overrated. I mean, they've kind of gotten lucky with some wins. Um, bottom line is I find it hard to believe that this Texas team— I know everybody wants to see OU Texas— <laughs> I just don't see it happening.
0: Well, we'll have to find out with, with Texas. I mean, that, that's probably one last point that I've got. You've got aspirations. You've got that home game against Iowa State the following week after the KU game. You can't look ahead. You can't get too greedy. And that's maybe another thing, you know, for my side of the argument, that, yeah, you've got that, that marquee game against Iowa State. You can't overlook Kansas. You can't get too cocky. So we'll keep an eye on that game. Um, it's Big 12 football. I know it's not the prettiest game. But uh, real quick here, West Virginia. Texas Tech, TCU, and uh, Baylor are all on bye this week, so we won't have any action from those teams. Um, but w- let's wrap up the show here and-, and talk about the 10 of 12 top 10. You've got Oklahoma State at one. Um, you got Oklahoma at two. Iowa State at three. K-State at four. And Texas at five. And then West Virginia is at six. Those teams all have not changed at all um, from the previous week. So, if you're curious as to why those teams are, you know, where they are, I'd encourage you to listen to last week's episode. Skip ahead to the last half of the podcast, and you can kind of get, you know, all the insights and information as to why I think that. But you can maybe make an argument for West Virginia hopping, you know, a team like Texas or K State. You know, I mean, you can make your arguments, but I, I don't know if there's any sort of. You know, hot take in in those top six teams. Would you agree that those are those are pretty you know conservative calls?
2: I would rank the them. I would rank them exactly like how you have them. I mean, again, you, you bring up West Virginia, and I'm sure Texas fans think that they should be number three, right? Yeah. But yeah. I I think that's how it shakes out as of this moment in time right now. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you for agreeing with me. I, th- I feel like you're the first person on this earth to do such a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we've got number seven Texas Tech here, and this is the only the only changes. Tech at seven. And now TCU at 8, which is, if, if, if I were to tell myself or tell you at the beginning of the year that Tech, whether it be, you know, 9-10 or 5-6, or right now it's 7-8 it's here with Texas Tech above TCU. I don't think I would ever believe anyone that told me that Texas Tech would be above TCU. But they are. Um, you know, the weather was not pretty out there in Lubbock. It was very windy. It was like a, a dust storm here. Um, like we're used to seeing it in Kansas sometimes. Did you see the wind? Was that two nights ago? Three nights ago?
2: Oh, ridiculous!
0: Windy. It was so windy here in Manhattan. No, oh, it was crazy. Um, a win was a win. You know, it wasn't pretty, but you beat Baylor at home, twenty-four, twenty-three. You've only got two wins in conference play. I totally do get that. TCU's got three, so you know, plus one for TCU there. But you you watch TCU. We talked about it with Chris here. They were ugly looking on. You know, on Saturday they, they lost to K State. Like we're very familiar with. I mean, they did nothing offensively in that game, and their defense was fine. Let's give them credit there. But, you know, they just haven't had it. Gary Patterson has not had it with his team this season. So that's kind of why I have Tech jumping TCU. Tech's got a lot of potential. I mean, they really do. Columbia's a really good quarterback. I like what he's doing. And I don't think TCU just has much going for them. I really don't. Uh, number nine's Baylor. Number 10's Kansas. I don't think you can dispute. Um, those two teams at the bottom but what say you call cool? do, you, do you think that the tech is is the better
2: team than tcu i do actually um real quick did you see that tackle i his name escapes I schooler i believe it was his name but it was a great tackle and he saved it was really it was a game saver for for texas tech mm-hmm. uh, charlie brewer was mm-hmm. going in for a touchdown he makes a tackle they ended yeah. up having to kick field goal texas tech wins by one point yeah i think that might be kind of the switch that turns them around right Texas Tech has always been Mm. offense 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 well now if they can play some defense all of a sudden you're looking at a team that you know I'm not saying that they're going to be good next year but if they have a West Virginia type of season uh, as last year's West Virginia team I think that's a realistic possibility obviously um, Matt Wells came in at the same time as you know, Chris Kleinman and Neil Brown. So I think they're kind of a year behind West Virginia's rebuild, maybe even two years behind. But I think they're trending in the right direction as opposed to TCU, where I am not sure really what's going on in Fort Worth, quite honestly. I mean, this was a team that had shown signs of life. But it just doesn't look like they want to play right now. And I don't know if that's coaching, if that's buy-in, or what that is. But that definitely has to be addressed. Yeah, that was a
0: question on the, on the Powercat Questions podcast last week. Um, you know, is Gary Patterson, you know, is, is time coming to an end in Fort Worth? And, you know, it's a tough question. It's like, obviously, he's not as old as, as Bill Snyder was or, you know, something like that. But I would have to imagine, you know, I'm not close with, with the TCU, you know, fan base at all. So I, I don't really know the general vibe of, you know, what's going on there. But, boy, you have to imagine they're getting, they're pretty antsy. You know, why, are we, why are we struggling this bad, you know? This would probably be a year, you know, with COVID and everything, that, that TCU would have an upper edge on, you know, a team with a younger head coach, right? You you would think, right, conventional wisdom, you know, he's going to know how to get the best out of his players and be prepared. Um, certainly hasn't been the case this year, man. You know, TCU, I think Duggins injury early on this season is really, really catching up to them. Um, they had their you know good games, they beat Texas, right? They, they they've played okay, but it's just as of late, man, I don't I don't feel comfortable, you know, really um, being high on this team and, and even complimenting them at all. So uh, that's why I've got TCU down there at eight. Nothing else has changed. We had the top half off this week. Um, that pretty much does it though for for this week's episode. Um, hopefully it was a good listen. You know, we only had two games to digest from last weekend. I know they weren't the prettiest, um, but certainly these, these games, especially K-State Iowa State and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, those will be some really good games of Big 12 football. Cole, I appreciate you, um, sitting in with me. This is probably what the hundredth time we've done something, um, whether it's a podcast, whether it's on the radio, I, I certainly, man, I miss having you know, the radio show, um, on Wildcat ninety one nine like we had last year, but, uh. It, it's certainly good to see you keeping uh keeping up with your podcast and, and, and doing that.
2: Yeah, appreciate you having me on. Always good to talk some Big Twelve football. And um you know what? This weekend's gonna be fun. I think this might be the best weekend we get in a while for some Big Twelve football, so might as well enjoy it.
0: Yeah, and knock on wood here, you've got three games that are scheduled to be played. I know there's a little uh, you know, skepticism with Kansas State, but you know, we've got football, and that's what I, I was saying last week, man. I know that, that Tech and Baylor are not the prettiest teams, but it's big 12 football. It's not being canceled and, and you know conferences like the SEC simply can't say um, the same. Uh, special thanks, Chris Anderson. Colt Carmody for hopping on the show today. Usually, we don't have guests, but now we, we double di- we double dipped with two guests um, with only two games this past weekend of Big 12 football that pretty much does it here Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter at 10of12podcast you can stay up to date with everything around the Big 12 conference latest highlights and updates, scores predictions, everything is there on Twitter at 10of12podcast other than that I'm Ryan Gilbert and we'll catch you next week